about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. <laughs> you are listening to Worst Gig Ever. I'm Mike Pace. I'm Jeff Garlock. This week, we have Dan Friel, who you may know from the band Parts and Labor. They were around for many years in the aughts. Yeah, you may know him from his solo work as, no, as Dan, Dan Friel. As Dan, as Dan Friel. <laughs> Dan is a very good guy. We have a lot of grumpy old man raised fist to the sky. These kids it, today talk. It is it is an old man one in a good way, in yes. the best way possible. Yeah, but Dan, Dan uh, shares some great stories. We talk a lot about punk houses on this one and the, we do. the extremes of different types of punk houses. So if you're into punk houses, you're definitely going <laughs> to love this. If you're gonna into hating this. punk houses, you'll definitely be into this one. And if you're into punk... Uh-huh. You should check out some of our previous episodes, which are available. <laughs> Worst gig ever, podcast.tumblr.com. We are on Facebook. We are on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We're all over the place. You can go watch our web show on Whoop. Official Comedy. Yeah. YouTube. YouTube. Backslash Official Comedy. Look up Worst Gig Ever. You can see some hilarious episodes of the show. You can write us, worstgigever at gmail.com. Tweet at us, Mike E. Pace, at G. Garlock, at Worst Gig Ever. Plenty of ways to get in touch. And there are also plenty of ways to listen to these. That's right. You can listen to them on your tweaked audio headphones. Yeah, check out those tweaked you, audio you fantastic go to, headphones. You, you, you go to tweakedaudio.com. Put in uh, the promo code WORST, and you will get one-third off of the price of Oof. a pair of great headphones. There's a lifetime warranty on those. Lifetime warranty? That's right. There is For the a whole life, life. A lifetime warranty. So listen, 30 years from now, you can return those bad boys <laughs> and say, these were bullshit. And, uh, and they're you're like, an don't be so aggro. We'll give you some headphones. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of great stuff. And there's a lot of great stuff with Dan Friel coming up <laughs> right now. So in the spectrum of house shows, you've got like at one end the like super positive, like chore wheel, everybody makes dinner, posy space. (laughs) And... Over at the other end of the spectrum is this show that we played in Houston, where we showed up. And I mean, you know, houses. This was like a warehouse space in Houston. Right. It was, I think, right after South by Southwest, and a friend from Austin had organized it for some bands that were coming through. It was supposed to be three bands. We didn't know the space. We show up, and it's behind this fence, and there's like totem poles made out of uh, welded (laughs) garbage cans, metal garbage cans with like scary teeth and shit, (laughs) and barbed wire. And we get inside, and it's like shaped roughly like a like a hangar, like it's real wide and empty inside, but like rooms have been made. And we show up at like maybe three in the afternoon and there's two dudes shirtless on the couch playing wrestling video games. One's like 50, the other one's like 16. (laughs) And we're like, hey, you know, we're here to play a show tonight. And they're like, what? Um, And we're like, okay, well, I think we're a little early. And uh, maybe we'll go get some food. Are there any restaurants, like any place you recommend around here? like, no. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, um, what if we made some food? Is there like a supermarket? We could go buy some pasta or something. And they're like, yeah, there's a place. Like, okay, cool. Is that, is that cool? Maybe we'll do that. You guys want anything from the store? Like, we don't, we don't have money. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so we go to the store and we get a bunch of pasta and pasta sauce, you know, bear, maybe some vegetables and basic shit. Right. And um, we come back and we realize there's like, there's stacks of dishes that are maybe like five feet tall, um, like around the kitchen and sort of going into the backyard area. Like somebody has a dish 
hook up and just, instead of washing them they just bring more to the house um, there's also no working toilet and there's no working stove there's like a hot plate sure um, and there's so we start like cutting up vegetables and realize there's like bugs crawling out of everywhere <laughs> these guys are still playing the video game no, no it just to interject were the guys on the couch like essentially the putting on the show or did they were they just there um they were not involved with the show and they were on acid Ah, um, and, perfect. Uh, they were. Do you guys remember Negative Land? Yeah. yeah. So Negative Land had this radio show forever and ever uh, in the Bay Area um, called Over the Edge, something like that. Um, and they were blasting that, which was a really <laughs> weird choice. So they're blasting that and tripping on acid, and not wearing shirts and playing wrestling video games. Was it hot and in there? I don't remember. I mean, it was if it was March in Houston, it was probably like reasonably warm. Yeah, right. It wasn't like. I feel Insane. like retrospectively, maybe the no shirt thing was more of a wrestling thing. Right. Um, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was, you know, we're like, okay, yeah. well, this is, this is pretty kooky. Uh, sure. And so we like managed to make pasta. And as we do this, doors start opening, like, you know, homemade rooms, like doors open and people come out and they're like sniffing in the air. <laughs> and this guy comes over. And he's a, he's a little person with, uh, like, a crippled right uh, arm and leg covered in tattoos. <laughs> and he's like, that smells great. We're like, yeah, man, we're making pasta. You want some? He goes, yeah, I haven't eaten in three days. <laughs> um, so we make pasta, and we serve it to, like, maybe six people total who emerge. Um, and it's starting to get, like, pretty dark. Like, you know, there's, you know, they... <laughs> Nobody's really talking to each other. This one guy's got a dog that he's kind of like mistreating. It's like, oh, this sucks. Like, and the people keep being like, well, we didn't realize it was a show tonight. So, I mean, oh. I guess we'll, you guys can play like, you know, like we're doing you a favor. Um, and our friend who organized it showed up and some of the other bands and it slowly starts turning into a show. Um, but nobody really showed up. People would come in and out and it was clearly like the dudes were you know, dealing out of the house and just like happened to have stumbled into having a show there somehow. Um, but even though they said they didn't know that there was a show, they had added three bands to the show. So there was a total of seven. Oh, um, quick. Yeah. Do you, uh, you remember rusted shut? Yeah, yeah. 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 So one of the guys from rusted shut did like a closed out the night with like a hour and a half noise thing where he was just like fighting people. Um, and at the end of the night, well, first of all, the couple, a couple people showed up, and some of them were like clearly just like high school kids going to a punk show. Right. Yeah. And um, the dude with the tattoos was going up to people and being like, "You're clearly too young to be drinking. Give me that." And then drinking their beers. Oh. <laughs> um, I made good play on it. His yeah. The reverse straight edge <laughs> yeah. uh, philosophy somehow. Yeah. And uh, and then at the end of the night, they were like, "All right, seven bands. Here's fifty bucks to split." Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That is. The oh, worst did, show ever. Yeah, that's bad. Now, did you did you have a place to stay after? Did you crash there? Or I think we we did stay in Houston. I think. Yeah, yeah, we stayed near there. I can't remember whose place it was. Um, but you needed to get out of that. Yeah, we were like, ready to leave. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I, I mean, want like Houston. Never played. Never Houston. had a good show in Houston. Personally, I, we always avoided. it. Always felt odd. Uh, there was that one good place. Um, there was one bar that was doing decent shows for a couple of years there. We had a booking agent based in Houston, and suddenly okay. we like were able to find ah. two good shows. But yeah, all the other ones were super. I think creepy. we played that one good bar, but we um, played the small room while Arch Enemy and Cradle of Filth were playing in the big room, uh, and no one cared about our show. <laughs> and as soon as we were done, I walked over to the next room to watch Arch yeah. Enemy because yeah. I was excited. And then I think the first time I played Houston, I believe the show was fine, and then we stayed on a pig farm. With a dude named Clay. Nice. Uh, in his one room that was above the pig farm, just covered in grindcore. It was not Clay Aiken. It was literally just us laying with like one inch between every member yeah. of the band. And it was just hot, and he was just smoking cigarettes while we were trying to sleep. <laughs> but uh, the, it was a nightmare. The, yeah, there's something. It's, there's, that's a classic kind of. Squat thing gone awry. Yeah, it's that also. It's, it's like yeah, it's that world of like the the punk ideal that went completely wrong right. somewhere, or, or just like I don't. It wasn't even. I mean, it was punk in like a greater like 
sense, but it right. wasn't like these were punks. These are just like fuck ups. creepy fuck yeah. ups. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, it's a bunch of fuck ups who found each other. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, maybe under the guise of some sort of DIY living, but probably more in a. It was probably one we of can the, just live here. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. But it also speaks to the, the anomaly of the South by Southwest routing yeah. tour shows. Yeah. Where if. You know, you you have you pick up whatever you can. Yeah. You know, en route. Well, because there's like no better way to kind of break a band's spirit than like you know you go to South by and you know you hope the shows on the way down are fine, but also every band in the world is touring yeah. around it. You get to South by and you're like, I'm on top of the world. <laughs> We're playing fun shows. We're getting free beer and whatever we yeah. get that's free. And then you leave and you're like, Oh right, right. I have to yeah. get home. And I'm at Houston yeah. with these two. Was there anyone else on on the bill of note, or was it like local bands or other bands? There was a guy from, from, from Rusted Shut. I don't remember what the side project was called. There was a band from Austin called the Tuxedo Killers. Uh-huh. Um, our friend uh, Jesse Hodges, who I think put us in touch with whoever set up the show. Um, Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love you, Jesse. Um, you've given me a great story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but I remember, like, honestly, outside of Austin. Texas is really a crapshoot. I mean, you, yeah. maybe in Denton you get some, you know, rubber gloves was always Worst like... Worst show I ever oh, yeah. had. Oh, that's that, right. You had a bad show at oh, rubber yeah. gloves. That oh. was just... Well, that, that one was a post... I think we went down with maybe TV on the radio or something and then coming back and uh-huh. I was just angry. Tails between your legs. Yes, like It was one of those, like, yeah, going home. Oh, the show was terrible. And it was the only show I can remember where I didn't move. Like, I was just like, I'm playing like I'm in, like, a pop band who doesn't care. Like, I'm a session guy. I literally just sat there, stared angrily, played every note, and put my bass down to me. And after, I was like, I'm an asshole, but I couldn't do it. And my spirit was broken for some reason that day. <laughs> well, let me ask you yeah. this, though. Were, you guys were coming back from South by Southwest. Uh, I think or, so. I have to assume well, it was related to South by Southwest. Do you remember what your spirits were leading up to it? I think they were good. Yeah, I think they yeah. were totally good. We were like, we're going to see some friends. Like, it'll be, yeah. I think we were yeah. doing good. Yeah. yeah. And then it just completely... <laughs> it was not good. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. South By is a little bit of Xanadu. At least I felt. I never really liked festivals. So, but, like, I liked South By. It was, it was always fun. Like, you saw a lot of people. Yeah. Now, did you guys ever... Like the first time you went, were you excited? Were you like, you know, I'm going to South by Southwest? The, the, fir- the first year for me was it was 2004. Yeah. No, it was uh yeah it was 2004, and uh, we went down and we had two shows that were at South by Southwest, mm-hmm. and this was really our first kind of tour touring experience. And the first night we played at the Mohawk inside, it was a South by Southwest mm-hmm. sanctioned show. So four completely disparate bands. The yep. band before us was another Japanese band. Uh, we were talking about DMBQ earlier, who also wore like jetpacks and stuff. P. Lander Z. It was not. It was not <laughs> P. Lander Z. But the room was packed. Right. These guys played. We played after them. We started playing on Friday night South by Southwest. Right, you know, the Mohawks right kind of in the middle of stuff. To no one. Yeah. No, yeah. There wasn't even a sound guy in the room. <laughs> um, and then our bass player, uh, uh, his amp somehow blew out, and it blew out the electricity in the club. It was right. mortifying. I think we did that there, too. But we also, we wound up getting, like, getting out of Dodge that night. We were, yeah. so, we were, we were mortified. And right. This is like, this sucks. This is, right. We're embarrassed. Like, and we drove, I think, to Oklahoma to get out of Texas. <laughs> and it was so bad. Um, that we were apprehensive uh, going back the file, and we went like four years in a row. But it actually, thankfully, got better every year. Yeah, we knew yeah. more people; it was more fun. So our South by Southwest experiences only got better, but they started off really bad. Yeah. yeah. Did you go in excited? You're... Not. I mean, not totally unjaded, but yeah. we decided like we are going to do it. This was right. 2004. Uh, we'd been a band for like two years. Yeah. Um, we we're like. Got to do it this year. So we bought a bought a van, pretty cheap. Threw everything in the van. We had, I think, one or two shows on the way down there, and maybe one on the way back. Right. right. And we got as far as like the middle of Pennsylvania, and the van died. The engine <laughs> ceased. Uh, it was toast. And we had had it for like six months. It's not like we bought it that week. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what kind of van it was? What year? Mm, um, it was blue. <laughs> <laughs> Good year. But you could you sleep uh, in the van? Um, 
No, nah, there was like nah. just a bench and okay. a bunch of gear. It wasn't yeah. like, yeah, you couldn't really hang out in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but basically we had this, you know, this van that had been towed to a place and it wouldn't move and the engine had seized and we ended up um, buying a van at that lot, like trading in, jumping <laughs> van, buying another van for $1,500. Yep. It was a 15 passenger um, that was in, it was an okay shape. It, it had all sorts of interesting like leftovers from its previous owners. Like uh-huh. there was a tax form that indicated that a family with like nine kids <laughs> and a very low income had Oof. owned it and a lot of like religious paraphernalia and it really spelled out cult right. um, like it had some fucked up bumper stickers <laughs> right. and not a lot of miles on it but a lot of dirt yeah. uh, around the base of it um so we're like they okay. were living in a compound yeah <laughs> it was yeah it was a compound kind of van yeah. like all right yeah we want that one um so then we 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 had stayed overnight in this town we Go all in, buy a new van, drive straight for like two days, yep. whatever it takes to drive mm-hmm. from you know Pittsburgh area to Austin, yeah. and got there exactly in time to play our set. Wow! Um, played three shows, had a great time. Yeah. Um, that was, and actually, you know what? That was that was an awesome year. We played a show in a junkyard. Um, with like trains going right by the place where the <laughs> bands played, and it was us, TV on the radio, and the Coach Whips. Uh-huh. Um, Solid people show. Were, people were throwing fireworks at Dwyer, and he was throwing them back. Um, it was <laughs> awesome. And then at the end of it, our drummer at the time he stayed behind in Austin because he had family there. And me and BJ started driving back, and we made it as far as Gene Autry, Oklahoma, and that van died. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> And these guys, we called, you know, Geico, whatever it was. And these guys came to tow us to a place. Uh-huh. Uh, it was nighttime, and it was two guys in this truck. And one of them could drive, and one of them could read. And we crammed into the truck with them, and they pulled us just, like, way off the highway, just, like, out into the middle of nowhere, asking us all sorts of, like, <laughs> super fucked up racist questions about living in New York. Really? Uh, asking if we know Bon Jovi. Um, <laughs> and that South by Southwest trip ended with us selling that dead van to those guys and piling all of our stuff into the back of their pickup truck with, like, bungee cords and paying them to drive us to the Oklahoma City airport where we rented a minivan, piled everything into that one, and drove it straight back to New York. There's, you know, it's it's bittersweet. I love hearing these, because I feel like our bands were on very parallel paths. In fact, all of our bands, because we existed around the same time we were... Oh, you know, everybody was kind of on a similar level, but uh, the story, like that story is something that would have happened to Oxford yeah. Collapse, like around that. I, we had a van, a 91 Chevy conversion van. It was gorgeous and bought it for $1,500, mm-hmm. got one U.S. tour out of it, uh, took it to D.C. for a weekend thing, van Completely died. We abandoned it in a Kmart parking lot, stripped it of everything it was worth, scratched out the VIN number, rented a box truck, right, um, and drove with our you know tails between our legs back to New York for like you know the most uncomfortable ride. Um, but that the fifteen hundred dollar buying the van. I mean, I the multiple van tour, yeah, uh, yeah. multiple is, van yeah. ten day tour, yeah, yeah. or one week tour. Even. <laughs> yeah. I think we never owned one. Ever, uh, we just rented almost every yeah. time, like which was, uh, you know, money suck. Except for like, there was a period where, like, when we were on Trouble Man, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Simonetti, who did Trouble Man, like, decided to like get a van. And at first, it was like, I'm getting it for you guys. Mm-hmm. And then it like immediately seemed to change somehow that it was just like his van that he was also going to rent out to people right. that we had to rent from yeah. him. And then it became a whole thing because I think Kip for like for, was working for him and like racked up a bunch of tickets on it. Of course, and it just yeah. became this whole like extra thing. Or we had the liars van, which was just the biggest shithole in the world. But the difference is, is that both Parks and Labor and Oscar Collapse were three pieces for most of yeah. most of their right. existence. So like. After our second conversion van that we owned for $1,500 died um, en route to South by Southwest 2006, when we just rented, we rented minivans from that point on, from like the Akron airport heading down to South. We could fit all of our stuff and us in the van. We couldn't sleep in the van anymore. (laughs) But like, 
You rent a van. If you get a brand new van, it's got no miles on it, and God forbid anything happens, yeah. you could just call up the rental company. We had a, we had a, a rental van die on us outside of uh, Austin, actually, on the Louisiana border. Called up. I've told this story yeah. before about the alligator farm. Just called up the rental company. Said, "Look, the van just like the engine seized. Whatever. We need another van. We got to be in New Orleans tonight." Five hours later, they. They deliver a, like the exact yeah. and identical van, different color. They pull it up to the other one. We unload out of one into the other, and then we're like on our way. Yeah. So, did you, so you guys wound up renting after that? I'm assuming. No, actually, we just bought a better van, okay. right? Um, which we finally sold like maybe two years ago, something yeah. like that. It was a good van. I uh, so yeah. I think actually speaking of South by South, I'm pretty sure. I think we might have played together on the way down to a South by Southwest. Oh yeah, we totally in- did. We played two shows. It was in D.C. DC. and Atlanta. Yes. Uh, was Drunken Atlanta. Drunken Unicorn and... Yeah, mm-hmm. MGQ Concourse Drunken Unicorn. Hell yeah, the classic. And uh, where was that one in D.C.? wasn't Rock and Roll Hotel. No, no, no. It was the small, was, really bare space that had a theater space next to it. Is it something yeah. 9? D.C. 9, maybe? D.C. 9? Maybe, yeah. yeah. I feel like the P.A. Something was wrong with the P.A., maybe that show. I just remember I was angry that show. I remember <laughs> distinctly like... Oh, that was the one you were angry. I remember also I was wearing a different death hoodie that I got in Italy. And, For the listener, and we were, Jeff is currently wearing a, yeah, and a we different with Turing funny. Machine and like already they were complaining. <laughs> like, That's right. There was just like yeah, yeah. a lot of complaining going on. Yeah. And, like to get down to South yeah. by. Yeah. Uh, I remember the show being okay. They I were, think they were all right. I, I don't really remember. I yeah. remember them being fine. They yeah. were South by Torch yeah. shows. Well, and yeah. also the irony is being is that we all existed in New York at the same time, but we only played together in Prague. In Prague that one and time. Wasn't it? Wasn't there another show? I feel like there was two. Cities that we were in in Europe. Oh, was same, maybe there was there trip. a second one, like a German city or something like that. I can't remember. I think you might be right. I remember having lunch yeah. the next day, but that Prague show was a lot of fun. Totally, Double Seven yeah. Club. Yeah, that place is awesome. Always good. Yeah, yeah. Always really good. is we, always we, good. Yeah. The uh, the stew that they uh, serve the comes up stew. comes up often on the, the oil show. stew. There was like I used to <laughs> on the Orchid tour. We went there, and I was like, "This is the worst meal I've ever had." Like, at that point, like, because it was just, like, it was some sort of, like, goulash, but it was, like, you could see the oil separating with these little bits of textured vegetable protein floating in it right. with the rye breads. And I remember I couldn't eat it. Like, I was just, like, I've, I've my stomach is going crazy. Yeah. And I was, like, I talk about it over oh, th- this has come up, like, over. And then on the Panthers times, tour, same on, exact on, meal. On and on that time, I ate it up. I was, like, <laughs> fuck, this shit is awesome. Bring on that <laughs> yeah. oil. Better than the uh, second worst place that I think for food, Beachland Tavern in Cleveland. I don't, I don't remember the food being no, that, man, I, that bad, actually. I got to go to bat for Beachland. I've had some... I, I haven't had a terrible experience there, and I've had, like, many experiences. I, I, I've had I like Beachland show Tavern. experiences. Yeah. No, no, food-wise. Food. What'd you have for food, though? I don't know, but it didn't kill me. <laughs> mine, um, was, mine was... It was always uh, pasta and, like, three green beans. <laughs> That weren't cooked. And I remember sharing one meal with Shonen Knife because they were playing the big room. Oh, I'm not even sure they were psyched about it. I just remember it being like the most bare minimum of food uh, where I was like, this is fine, but I don't want it at yeah. all. I was, it's always at the point where I'm angry at food on tour, <laughs> too, when we get to the Beachland Tavern. It's possible that my love of Cleveland is uh, slanting my memory of the food. Perhaps, yeah. The Beachland. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't remember the food at all, but I remember having very uh, fond memories of, yeah. of playing uh, yeah. I love playing there. Yeah. Great place. Nice record store next door. Yep. They were always yep. like very, very cool there. Uh, weird old divey bar that I went into with because uh, Joe, who was drumming for us, really wanted to go in. And it was like no window bar. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it was great, kind of. It was like old rummies, and he will talk too to anyone, yeah. Joe Stickney. So we were just like having like conversations now, so, with old Cleveland dudes. But speaking of touring and touring internationally, mm-hmm. I remember when we were kind of uh, chatting before because we were doing our European tour, and, and I believe you were giving uh, uh, me some advice, or I was asking you questions about something. Mm-hmm. But I remember that at the time, I think you guys were supposed to be touring with Wire or opening for Wire, right? And some <laughs> shows got canceled, or the whole the whole thing. Yeah, what's that? Sounds kind of like a worse gig. Well, the um, it was a worst non gig. We were super psyched <laughs> about playing with Wire, and one of them fell off a ladder, and the tour got canceled. Oh, and we already had flights, so. 
Uh, and we had, you know, it was something like we had booked, let's say, 25 shows around 12 shows with Wire. So right. we ended yeah. up playing the 13 non-Wire shows. Which I think one of them was the one yeah. with us. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... And it was like, it was in February or some yeah. shit, sometime yeah. that you yeah. would not tour. It was, unless, yeah, it, it was yeah. February 2009. Yeah. Um, that's got to be heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sucked. Um, <laughs> was there how long was there any period where you're like maybe we should not, or was it just immediately? Oh, it was just discussed. Like, it was discussed, yeah. and I think it was fought over. But it was, I think it was a matter of we already had the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was an even worse aspect of that though because I think that we had turned down. We got asked to do something in New York, and we were asked by Laurie Anderson. Oh. Um, and we turned it down because we're like, we're going on tour with Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, hey, uh, makes sense. Hope he doesn't fall off a ladder. <laughs> but that um, shit, I mean, that stuff that happens. And yeah. that's like real, like. That's, but yeah. yeah, that stuff does happen. Yeah. Like, that's not, a, that doesn't even approach like worst show level. Okay. It's just like, you know, standard. Right. Yeah. It can be hard. I remember we had a tour. I think we were going to do. Half the U.S. or maybe three to four weeks with 90 Day Men. And then, like, maybe, like, two or three weeks before, like, something happened with one of them. And, mm. like, they had to cancel the whole thing. And they were headlining. Yeah. And so it's just like, well, we should still go. I mean, I took off of work. Like, yeah. of course, they're not, they're going to be okay shows. But as soon as everyone gets yeah. a win, that, like, oh, wait. If I wanted to maybe see 90 Day Men and Panthers, I don't want to just see Panthers. Yeah. I think I'll just stay home that night. Probably during February. <laughs> it's always that shit happens during like February yeah. too. There was another another house show, like kind of at the other end of the spectrum, where it was like a fairly posy house mm-hmm. um, in Santa Cruz that we showed up to the first time we did the West Coast, and we were supposed to do the West Coast with a guy who they really wanted to play who canceled. Uh-huh. And we showed up, and we were like, "Hey, we're the band that was going to be on tour with the guy you wanted to play," <laughs> and they were pissed. Really? Um, and it was super awkward. We kind of just like played while people like had their arms folded and then we yeah. got $18 and we bought a case of beer and then everybody was friends. <laughs> and it ended, up being, it ended up being a totally amazing night. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the go when the audience goes in with that kind of expectation or that kind of judgment. Yeah. Right. And you have to overcome that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, there was also a thing there where the show had been booked by a guy who then was no longer living at the show house. Um, so there's like million ways that classic wow the the ins the intricacies of like the house show uh culture yeah yeah, yeah. there's are, a there's a whole like universe you could draw with like the different you know species of house of show houses yes because um, there are amazing ones. and they're they're always either the best best story or the worst story. Yeah. yes yeah there's no kind of like <laughs> it was a fine house show yeah like, yeah your usual house yeah. show. Yeah. I had another a question I had for you. When you guys were, let's say, traveling internationally, mm-hmm. I feel like I read something about this years ago. And you had all these pedals and stuff and all this yeah. like electronics. <laughs> we did. What kind of hassle were you? Did you go through with like TSA with checking stuff or or, or what? In a post nine eleven yeah. world. <laughs> well, okay. The first time I flew anywhere with that rig, before I started doing parts and labor, I was doing solo shows uh, with basically the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And I flew from New York to Chicago on September twentieth, two thousand one, okay. and that was my first time flying anywhere. And I was like, I'm going to the airport three hours early, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna wear a tie and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I got there, and they were like, "You're good. Go ahead." Um, and I was like, I was like, are you sure? Do you want to look at that again? Because it looks like a bomb to me. And they were just like, no, you're good. Um, I mean, you know, it, it varies. I still fly with a lot of that same, Mm -hmm. same stuff. Uh, I flew to England in September of this year and the guy looking at the, you know, x-ray machine when my backpack with all my gear in it went through, uh, just yelled, oh, hell no. And all these guys like gathered around the screen and were like pointing and laughing. Um, Cause like you look at it through the x-ray machine and all you see is like the circuit boards and, the keyboard <laughs> right. and just wires everywhere. Right. Um, yeah. And that then ticking alarm clock. I've got this. T- <laughs> Sorry, I've got these, these two pieces of plexiglass that are held together with Velcro that fold out as a table, uh-huh. and they're like pulling that out with all the wires, and it's just yeah. that is so there's terrible. Like, there's all kinds. There was like the British variation on "Oh hell no!" The last time I was over there with that stuff too, where this little old lady was like just sad, like pulling all my <laughs> stuff out of the bag. 
Do they do they ever like make you like take them apart at all? That ever come to no, that? Nobody's ever had me like unscrew pedals and pull right. them apart. It's Most worth- I, there, I just saw recently there was some like like famous flautist. Oh, lost, thing in like, Boston. Yeah, yeah like all the eleven of his like yeah these bamboo like wooden yeah. flutes, and they were just like, no, it's a you know a, a vegetable. <laughs> Basically, and they were like they destroyed. They them. said it was bamboo, and I guess That's like what, yeah. yeah, yeah, and bamboo I guess falls into the like yep. agriculture yep. category. And he just opened up his suitcase, and there was a note like, "Yeah, know, fuck you for trying to bring bamboo <laughs> right. into the United States." Right. So, it was basically his livelihood yeah. destroyed. Yeah. yeah. But so you wouldn't have like a necessarily a road case that you would check. Um. You yeah. No. Sometimes in. later on, I made this suitcase where I like I, I took like a big turntable coffin and like cut it in half and like mm-hmm. sealed it up and put lots of padding in it and stuff like that. And sometimes you'd open it up and they would be you know one of those nice little tickets that <laughs> yeah. said like we looked at this. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. And that's you know that's fine. But <laughs> when we were first flying to Europe, we were trying to bring so much stuff and trying to like cut costs everywhere. So you don't want to have extra checked bags. So yeah, we would course. be carrying the heaviest bags full of pedals. And yeah, I used to travel with remote control car joysticks too. And like <laughs> that would always set off Wait, alarms. Why? Was that just um, part of the deal? It was there. You can use them to make sounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember the first time that we went to uh, the UK it was, I think it was also 2004 and uh, yeah, also cutting, putting CDs in my guitar case yeah. to sell. Oh, and then yeah, just like yeah. a guitar case weighs, 80 pounds yeah did you guys yeah. both bring in merch or yep. oh yeah. yeah we never i don't think ever, we ever once had to like declare anything like custom right. i was always, always worried about going through customs like are they gonna search our stuff that like first never one, that first orchestra the stress was like on like all of us me yeah. and will especially we we're just so stressed and then yeah it was in amsterdam so it's just like well i like we walked through there there's mm-hmm. that one in customs there's the uh declaring doorway and the non-declaring mm-hmm. and we didn't we just walked through and we realized that they're both the same door just going out to the same thing for the listener and, and we walked through we're just like wait what that's it for the listeners you probably clarify that you if you basically you have to declare a certain amount of merchandise yeah. if you're planning on selling it you're yeah. supposed to go through official channels right if you're selling cds and shirts and all this stuff and they can send you back if you lie about it they can do all sorts oh, yeah. of stuff yeah. to you that was, uh, I forgot about the anxiety that would happen. It was, oh, and yeah. because also yeah. on top of that, I'm sure you might. I was very worried, especially that first time, about my guitar breaking. Yeah, my bass. Like yeah. I was so like getting that tension right, and like <laughs> just like I was so anxiety ridden that it was just going to show up in a billion pieces. Yeah, uh, I mean, God, there's a lot of God a lot of, it, a, lot of happen, a lot of stuff you got to do. Um, so talk to us about like you know. We were all we all existed in New York. I mean, you're still doing stuff clearly, mm-hmm. uh, but parts and labor. You know, the early to mid aughts, mm-hmm. this kind of period, the heady that, days. The heady days that's that you know people are now starting to look back on as if we've moved on to something else. Um, and what was your take on like? Did you did you feel like you guys fit in someplace? Like, what was your what was your take on what was going on and where were you guys? Uh, uh, kind of fit into everything. It felt like we really, we really fit in. But there was a million different scenes. That's the thing is, you know, people tend to be like, oh, there was the thing that happened in New York, mm-hmm. you know, between 2000 and 2005 mm-hmm. or whatever, or in another city at another time. Right. But it's always like a million different things happening together. It's not like USA is a monster and Interpol were hanging out together <laughs> yeah, because right. they were both happening in New York. Yeah. Oh, you didn't go to that picnic? Uh, <laughs> <we all> <laughs> It was great. Man. It was a weird yeah. picnic. We were yeah. all putting uh, cornhole and doing <laughs> fucking shots. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was like a ton of like weird heavy music that was going on. And I, I moved to Brooklyn in 99. Uh-huh. And by, you know, a year or two later, I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm not, you know, and I didn't plan on staying either. But I mm-hmm. got sucked uh-huh. in by what was clearly the right place to be for making weird heavy music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so... The band kind of, you know, established, uh, uh, you know, you guys, there was a sound to Parts mm-hmm. and Labor, and you guys managed to put out a number of records over, you know, be very prolific over a certain period of time. I, you know, speaking personally from, from where Oxford Collapse was coming from, one of the reasons I think that led to kind of the decision to stop playing was that, like, we'd put out four records, and we 
thought we had done, you know, okay, we'd gotten to a certain point without a lot of compromise, and then we're not necessarily seeing an uptick right. in, in maybe interest or people mm-hmm. coming to the shows, and it's like, I don't know what else we can do. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you if you had a sort of a similar experience or, yeah. you know, what, what, what your feelings were. Well, so we, we started in February of 2002, and we, in February of 2012, we did like an official last show. I mean, it's, we're calling it a hiatus. We'll probably do something again like way down the road mm-hmm. but um, we thought the exact 10 year mark was a pretty good thing sure. to to call it at because it's true that unless you you know have uh, some sort of like international stardom level shit by 10 years yeah you might as well f- try something else yeah. um, you know do some other things with your life and we had put out five full lengths and a bunch of other stuff and it's it's true we were you know in addition to looking for that, you know, signs that people will keep coming to see your band. You're also wondering what else you can do after, mm-hmm. you know, putting out four four records is really, I think, around where you start to say, okay, yeah. uh, what what do we have to say that we <laughs> haven't said? Right. And there's always examples out there of the bands that, you know, turn it around after a while, you know, the Flaming Lips uh-huh. and... Um, I mean, uh, the boredoms to some extent. Um, but, you know, there's, there's bands that, like, you know, put out six records and then start doing awesome yeah. stuff again or right. for the first time. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. After, after we had done the four records on Jag Jaguar, we were like, yeah, you know, we're, we just weren't... We didn't know what we were going to do if we went back into the studio. Um, so we weren't going to rush to do it. And we're like, yeah, let's just, let's just throw a big party and stop. Yeah. yeah. Um, was there frustration though kind of maybe towards the end of like did you guys did you ever get to a point where like you didn't have to worry about like well people are going to be here at the show or yeah for a couple of cities like Mm -hmm. and that's got to be the same for all of our bands and all the bands we know where it's like no matter how big you get you know you can be like this show will sell out in Chicago LA San Francisco Austin yeah Uh, Kansas City is not going to be great (laughs) right Um, St. Louis at the Rocket Bar will be fine. <laughs> Creepy Crawl. St. Louis we were Creepy Crawl. I'll see you guys at the Lemp Art Space. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, we were there too. Oh, yeah, yeah. We never did the Creepy Crawl. Actually, we had a bunch of great shows at uh, Lemp Art Space. Yeah. In the earlier... <laughs> well, in the earlier yeah. days, at least for <laughs> no, us... No, no, they're like... They're, they're very consistent. Right. You know what it was, at, yeah. least, at least for us, it was like 2004, 2005, when... when we were really first doing this because none of the guys in my band had toured before or done anything like that. So the, the, And honestly, over the course of all the touring that we did, at least for me, the novelty never wore off. I right. always loved going to different cities. And like there was always the hint that maybe it might be good this time. Yeah. You know? Well, there's always that weird, especially small city that you go to that totally kicks your ass and it's awesome yeah. and you don't see it coming. Yeah. Um, Moscow, Idaho. Um, amazing show. Yeah. Really? Amazing house show. But do you find um, that, like, is there a repeat success or no, do you just leave it as a no, one and because done? Because that, that house has moved on or that, like, yeah, group right. of people has it moved on. It was a time and place for Moscow, Idaho. Here's, here's a thing that was part of our decision to stop touring and stop playing that I would like to hear your take on is we felt like by 2006, 2007, there were so many more bands touring at like a low indie level mm-hmm. uh, not just around South by Southwest but just like it was a glut there was so many the number of touring bands in mm-hmm. the states had like gone through the roof right um, and it was you know bands that didn't have albums out didn't have you know just they were just touring to tour which we all start by doing sure um, and we're like you know we're, we're spending all this money on gas like we're you know do we really want to be you know spending our money that way and we're going to all these places and I don't know it just it, it suddenly seemed like there needed to be a a calling like mm-hmm. bands there needed to be fewer bands yeah um, and I, now and now like the big issue is people talking about how difficult it is for artists to make money and all this stuff and clearly that is like important in the long term for humanity but at the same time I sometimes think well maybe there will be five years from now you know, fewer than 10 bands from New York going through Kansas City on a Tuesday. Right. <laughs> I do think, I mean, I think I've talked about before, it's like the, the, the pluses and the negatives of the concept of DIY that I always, like, wanted in the world, mm-hmm. where it's like, I, I, you know, you want it to be like, we all can make the music that we want to make. But in some ways, at least for me, the fact that it 
became easier for certain like younger kids mm-hmm. to do it. Like, I, like I still, I kind of still want, like, in some ways, want like a, a tribunal to be like you, even though you can, you shouldn't. Like, you know, like just because it, I do think there was is some element of that of both like shittier releases but also just like bands just think like yeah of course we can get out there mm-hmm. because i was able to do this on garage band the and, democracy of yeah the democracy yeah. The, the democratizing of music it was mm-hmm. it's like both like the thing like i wanted and made it that maybe yeah. people should think a little bit more before they start a band yeah well no, nobody's saying they can't start a band they right. just should not they shouldn't tour. But sure. Uh, I yeah. think you guys... So did you guys cut down on touring? Because I remember you guys touring all the time. Yeah, we did. I mean, we... In the last couple of years, like 2010... 2011, 2012, we did not do a lot of touring. Mm-hmm. We toured for the last record. We went to Japan for the first time, which was really cool. Um, but we were we were starting to burn out. But like 06, sure. 07, you guys were... From still- 2002 to 2000... Eight or nine, we probably yeah. did the states like a dozen times. Yeah, wow. Well, um, I think for t- I guess for touring, like I, it, it's in a snobby way. Like I, like I don't know. It started to feel more and more, at least for me, like touring, where I was like, oh, you're not. I don't know. There, it was a lot of. It felt like it was more and more bands that were touring from a different world than I came from. Where I'm like, oh, you didn't do like the the work. Like you didn't do the punk work. Like, right, and not that right. every band needs to come from this punk background, but like just at least that kind of ethos of like, I don't know. It, you it, do your time in the trenches. Yeah, do your think, time in your trenches, but yeah. there, it seemed like there was, there, there were, you'd get like, I don't know, too many of those bands where I'm like, you don't even understand that there are trenches. Like you're like yep. this weird indie version of uh, when I, I, I temped to Arista Records for like two and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it was like the indie version of the equivalent of uh, those like showcase bands is what I always call them, where these bands who were like on the label, lower level, where I was like, you're on a major label, but you've never toured. Yeah. You only play showcases. I, you it, only like you don't understand yeah. that there is a different world and that you should do the well, work. You, you know basically. what? You know what I think it is. Look, is that, we did the work. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> Fuck that. Well, no, and, and that's in per, like from from our perspective is like we busted our ass for yeah. for a couple of years 0405 touring all the time and then 06 is when we signed to sub pop and then it was like oh well now it's going to be great yeah um <laughs> and which it was to a certain extent but um thinking then like well when, when we tour now right that we've got this label backing you know every show is going to be you know going to be sold out blah 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 and clearly that wasn't the case but this period that we're talking about is is on that, you know, is that sea change between having to do the work and that old school mentality of right. getting in the van mm-hmm. and and promoting your wares versus right. the instant gratification of blog culture and the internet. Right. And at the same time, being aware that, as I'm saying that, and we've talked about this before, uh, that... Uh, I, I it's it's I also don't want to like just sound like the old man too like because like because Black Flag would say the same fucking thing about oh, yeah. us yeah. we talk about like they're constantly just like uh, we would do three sets in one night <laughs> and, like and then fight someone the and, multiple like, sets in a night thing we still that. do not understand yeah I'm what glad does that mean we moved away from the Black Flag yeah. multiple sets like we're cover bands uh, deal fuck that unless it's like oh, all ages like we've done that before yeah. but. When they would talk about that, I'm like, get in the van. I'm like, no, thank you. I can't get it together for these 25 minutes. There's different aspects here, though. We're talking about, you know, there's like a certain bit of like, we're old and grumpy. Yeah. Like, you can totally like write off 30% of what we're talking that. about. Yeah. And then there's 30% of taste where we're just like, you know, yeah, we like grew up on DIY and like punk and hardcore. Yeah. And like, you know, bands that are, you know, just making fairly generic pop and mm-hmm. then calling themselves indie because they aren't famous yet right. um, there's that but then there's like just that thing of I feel like I wonder if there's going to be a downturn in the number of bands that are touring and it's going to become easier for the bands that get to the point where they should be touring right yeah. it'll be interesting to see if that happens if enough people are scared away from the music industry by what's happening right now Did yeah that would also be the hope of people who like bands that haven't done the work but then are like all they do is read the articles about the music industry right. dying and you're just like yeah well it still kind of exists I mean you're just yeah. in a different way we're just you know I, I get I, it's always been e- I, the, all those articles too I'll say were easier when it's like oh we never really made that much money anyway oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. but, like all those yeah. articles are great for getting hits on fucking blogs but yeah, like yeah. like good for you like I don't know like to that end though I mean you guys were 
very melodic and very catchy. And there was definitely, I, I felt similar to us, like, oh, this could have been like a hit in an alternate universe kind of thing. And was there ever a, uh, a feeling that like, kind of, why didn't people get this? Like, this could have been, you know, there, there's definitely like a cro- crossover appeal here. Like, there's an audience for this. Yeah. Are we a couple of years ahead of the curve? Like, we got that all the time. Yeah. You guys must have gotten that. Yeah, well, I, f- I, that's, I feel with you guys that it was just like, there are a lot of bands kind of doing what you guys were doing now. Yeah. Um, this merging of, 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 of uh, you know, chaotic noise and melody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually not the, I mean, you, you guys were not the first people to do that, but like it's not the first, you know, the first kind of people don't really get it's the guys sure. the second guys that get totally that get the true. you know get that's, the credit that's why orchid was popular we just ripped yep. off the right bands <laughs> <laughs> but that so people didn't know but was there i mean because there were like i mean there were uh, i know that you know the cliched term like earworm gets thrown around but like you can write a pop song uh, you can write a, a catchy yeah well that's what we were trying to do yeah and and so i mean from the point at which we started like singing regularly and like trying to write more traditional song structures that was always being thrown around like you know the whatever best band you've never heard like mm-hmm. and we got that consistently like up until the end to the point where we were just like okay <laughs> right. this is not funny yeah. anymore um i mean everybody thinks that they're that band right i know i think i know we did because yeah. we were just like maybe in like 10 years people will yeah. like, be like oh these guys are pretty good yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah i feel yeah. like most of panthers while they were in it were just like well i don't even think we're that good and i was like why are we well, here you assholes but most of panthers that was not your first band right you yes. already like yes. had this whole whole other thing yeah i yeah. know yeah a bunch of old girls before we judging by you know judging it against like the previous successes in yeah. that world yeah. that you guys had so you guys were definitely coming in from a different perspective yeah. but the, so yeah, the joke I, I think the joke of our generation of bands is like We'll see you at the reunion at ATP in 2022. Yeah, that's that's the gag. Yeah, Um, you know, not that ATP will be doing that in 2022. Right. Um, But yeah, it's like I don't know. There's there's tons of bands that I feel like were ahead of their time. They were like that one generation ahead, and that band sound like them and stuff like that. I don't know. It's it's all luck and it's all timing and it's all Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we certainly half of the time weren't making it easy for people to sell us uh, just as far as like volume and feedback and stuff like that. But we, I don't know. Uh, I think what we did was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, volume is a thing people don't like. <laughs> like that's what I realized from like constantly just at least in Panthers. I'm sure you guys had it where it's like, I would with sound guys even. I was just mm-hmm. like, "Have you never dealt with a band? We're not that loud. <laughs> that you're acting crazy. Act- how yeah. you're so scared." But of I volume. remember hearing Parks and Labor through the walls in the practice space. You guys space. were loud. Yeah, we were you guys were. Yes. You guys were a loud we band. Loud. Um, I think there's a generational thing too, where like people who like loud music currently uh, are people who are into metal. Right, like, pretty mm-hmm. much. Uh, whereas, like, if you came up in the '90s, you liked normal, like, sorry, you liked rock music ex- exceedingly loud, right? Um, because, like, that was edgy to you as a teenager, yeah, or whatever. So, yeah, I love volume still. Like, yeah. It really is like, yeah. and I hate monitor sounds. Like yeah. now, I'm just getting into nerd yeah. stuff. I never liked being able to hear myself out of the monitors. I just wanted it as loud as possible yeah. coming from the amp. It feels good. Yeah. yeah, it feels good. My new thing with my the solo thing that I've been doing is my setup is one mono out to the PA, <laughs> and it's like I'm I'm giving back to the sound man that I tortured for yeah. right. the ten years of parts and nice. Did you guys ever have ha, bring a sound guy with you? We were never able to afford yeah. that. Yeah, like, that was neither. something that was just never us on the neither. table. Yeah. And it's in retrospect, I wonder if we should have just figured out a way to do that because I think it would have made our shows so much better. Yeah, um, because people just didn't know how to mix us like yeah. no the noise is the lead uh and just they were right. like okay yeah. well that sounds terrible so i'm gonna take that out um like <laughs> the very, sound like, guy who knows their room yeah it's yeah. really frustrating well, you, you're a band that has a different you sound. could think that, i remember we played with the meat puppets once mm-hmm. and which was a, a big deal for us because awesome. we, we love them yeah. yeah and um at the knitting factor actually and i think they just used the house sound guy and i remember and kirk kirkwood was like always use the house sound guy like he knows the room better than anybody else and like there's they're a normal band though that's yeah. the thing yeah no yeah. and and we were weird. we were nor- yeah. I mean we were guitar based drums so yeah. like we would go by okay I guess I mean yeah why would we want to pay um 
you know, there's nothing special in our sound necessarily mm-hmm. that the house sound guy ideally can't, you know, figure out. But in your case, it was clearly a, a different thing. Yeah, I mean, every night it was like, you know, noise up, vocals down, yeah, and right. nobody wanted to hear but that. But the other thing that I loved about that, the approach, because when we played those shows in Europe together, was that you guys also rented and drove your own van in Europe. Yeah. Which... And I know that Jeff feels differently because I remember everyone was like, oh, well, when you go to Europe, you got to get a driver. Blah, blah, blah. We loved to drive and like driving in like Germany. It was so much fun. Yeah. What else are you going to get to do that? You know, so. Wait, wait, and it so was you're, also, you're making some faces. Yeah. Um, I, but the other thing is for the listener, a driver is like $125 a day or something. I'll tell you our voice uh, whatever it was was cost effective like the package was some yeah. punk cost like the, they have it figured out in Europe a little bit more like there were like mm-hmm. I like there were like in grant we had ones that were fucked I mean the UK the fucked up tour we yeah. can't we fired that guy halfway through and Justin drove the whole time but uh but like especially orchid and like in and but then we went over with Das South and like your own from Das South was a driver yeah so he drove. But, oh, yeah. That's what he did for a living. Yeah. Well, there's like there's a whole culture of super reliable German yeah. and Dutch punk dudes. <laughs> yeah. Like they are Splitter a special fan, yeah. driver. Yeah. Great equipment. Done. But I remember you special guys. Breed, man. I remember are a special breed. BJ uh, doing a three point turn in this fucking splitter van. Like, BJ is a phenomenal driver. <laughs> and, I, and us standing on the sidewalk, being like, "Holy, how is this guy doing this?" Yeah. I mean, but I, I, because you guys are honestly the only other band that I know that like. Yeah, we're just going to drive ourselves. Who told Europe? us about that? I think maybe X Models told us about that concept. But really what happened was the first time we went to Europe, the first driver we got scared the hell out of us. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, we, only, we had him. We switched up with like a friend of his, and the other guy was great. But this one guy... Um, he did stuff like he would say, like, what are maps? I will find the way. Um, <laughs> you'd be like, turn here, turn here, turn here. And you'd go by it and be like, oh, I missed it. And just like, it didn't make sense. Um, he would like try and, and then he would try and look at a map while he was driving. He ran out of gas on the way to the first show. Oh. Um, he ran out of gas on the way to the first <laughs> show. So it was, it was super awkward and like he was a nice guy, but it was just, it totally burnt us on the whole yeah. thing. Um, my my wife, then girlfriend, was traveling with us on that tour, and she was like, you know, we met because she went to school with BJ, and she would travel with us and was like just down for whatever um, on the road. And towards the end of the stint we did with that driver, she like got out of the van crying, was like, I won't get back in that van. This is not worth dying for. Uh. <laughs> and so one of the things that's hard to find in some of those sprinters in Germany is uh, seatbelts in the back seat. Yeah. So the driver's got a seatbelt, but the people in the back don't. Right. So the compromise was that I had him take us to a junkyard, and I built seatbelts for the back seat. <laughs> um, I, we took seatbelts out of another van and like rigged them up wow. in the back. And so we made it through the next couple of days until we switched off to the other driver. That's I'll say That's I'll, one of the there. You know, there were many reasons Panther stopped, and I kind of you know haven't done as much touring. Uh, or any touring since the last Panther store. But one of the main ones, at least for me, was like I started just getting so terrified of being in a van. Like, really? I just couldn't, like the stress of it. Did was... you have bad experiences? No, we, I mean, we had like, you know, like Orchid hit some black ice once in like Wisconsin and like went across in the 360 over like multiple lanes yeah. and almost flipped. Yeah. But like, I, there, were, there was just some point where I just realized like this is a dangerous vehicle. We're driving unbelievably dangerously, uh, and I, I I couldn't not be driving like if I because I didn't trust yeah. anyone. Like it was like and and it's just like different driving styles. But like yeah. like I remember like we let Josh who was filling in from Titan uh, drive once when he was on <laughs> tour with us, and he was driving like ninety to a hundred, like swerving all yeah. over the place, and I was like having a panic attack it was just it was just i don't know when it, like if there was a reason but the well, switch that will just do it happened i, I was just yeah. like i can't 
I always I'm so scared. It. And my wife constantly, she's like, I'm so glad you're not on tour as much. She'll like hear about like when Baroness flipped. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like, like she yeah. was like, she's like, I just was always scared when you were on it tour. Was, yeah. It was always Dan, the drummer, and I driving because Adam, like, he at different times didn't have a license, had lost his license, forget, <laughs> and he was an awful driver to begin with. Um, but we you know, remember. <laughs> Let's not forget that part. We would have these brand new rental vans for, or, yeah. or minivans for the most time. So I always like. And then driving Europe, I just thought was really fun. I don't know. I, I, I kind of also like it. Drive. Just Justin Cherno, I've said this before, never had driven on any tour he had ever been on in his entire life. He always would be sleeping or something else until we went to the UK and we had to fire our, our driver. And he was the only person yeah. who could drive a right. stick. And now he had to drive <laughs> yeah. on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> After a while, I was like, oh, I'm kind of getting the hang of this. Yeah. I like it. And then all of a sudden, he'd be up on a curb and like run it over a roundabout. So um, going back to BJ being a good driver, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he really, he was like, I mean, we were like, we had, you know, Joe was a good driver, but BJ was like just really good with a van. We had this, another Oklahoma story. We were in Oklahoma City and it was after South by Southwest mm-hmm. and it was us and then there was this other van that was the Todd P van. It was Todd B, Todd P and like Ted interns, uh-huh. you know? Um, you know that van. Yes. Um, and so we are leaving, uh, what's the place in Oklahoma City? The, the conservatory. Conservatory. Yep. And right across the street from there, uh, the other van, I think they got a flat or something like that. And so... Um, one of the interns was changing a tire on the van and he got clipped by a drunk driver. Oh, And he got hit by the mirror. If I'm remembering this right, he got hit by the mirror. The mirror flew off. He broke his ankle and his shoulder or something like that. And so I jump out of the van and like run to the dude and like everybody's like going to see if he's okay. And BJ goes stay here and he takes off across Oklahoma City after the guy going like 80 miles an hour and manages to flag down cops what? Uh, and get the guy they got it that he chased the wow. guy down wow BJ and the bear right BJ over there. and like, the bear that's, that is insanity um, yeah <clears throat> I hear that uh, Joe uh, who Joe our drummer was just like you know screaming like get that fucker the whole time <laughs> wow. and uh, Sarah Lipstate who played guitar with us for about a year mm. was just like cowering in the back of the van <laughs> that, wow. that's what I gotten myself well, into so, so we've heard all of these you know they're all all these amazing things about playing in a band and then all yeah. these things that are pain in the ass. So now that you're doing the solo thing that you have been doing for, for the past year or so, or you've been doing a solo thing for a while, yeah. but now you're kind of strictly doing that. What is the benefit to you about not having to be in a band anymore? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> in, insert joke here. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like... There's, I have no, I have no van. I have no gear. I have, mm-hmm. well, I have no amplifier. I have, um, I travel with a backpack with like, uh, the, you know, all this shit that mm-hmm. folds up and I can do what I do. And, uh, I, I toured the UK in September and I didn't bring any checked bags. Wow. Um, that's and, incredible. Like, this is, this is me like living my minimalist dream. Uh-huh. Sure. Now. Um, but parts and labor was a band that we used to joke. It's, you know, three dudes with five dudes worth of gear. <laughs> right. Um, I would play guitar and electronics and have two stacks behind me. And yeah. DJ would play bass and electronics and have two stacks behind him. Um, it was stupid. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're also loading all of this stuff yeah, in yeah, and yeah. out yeah. every night. Yeah. All that equipment sounds like a yeah. great idea to uh, load out. How are you guys' backs? Do your backs hurt? Uh, they're, it's kind of, I mean, I blame Mine's it on wrecked. sitting a lot because okay. I just I sit, had, like teaching yeah. and, and I writing, had back but. pain years ago uh, during the band. You know, there was a period where I had lower back pain that yeah. was yeah. Like, excruciating for a while. It's, it's gone now, thankfully. But like, I clearly was not lifting, you know, <laughs> no. stuff the proper way. No. And I went from, I actually downgraded at least in size from a half stack, but then I got a twin reverb, which weighs more than right. the cabinet. So yeah, and I, I, I can, like, every time I feel, like, a tweak in my back, I can picture me angrily. Like, when someone yeah. would be like, do you want help with your head? And I had, like, an Ampeg S3T head. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I want to talk to anyone. And just like, oh, my God, <laughs> lifting 100 pounds, dead weight. In case the listener wasn't picturing old men sitting around and <laughs> yes. it up, we are talking about our lower backs. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the oldest man yeah. Yeah, shows yeah. we've done in a while. I like it. I like do, it. You, do you miss playing with other people? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, it can get weirdly lonely touring. Mm-hmm. Have you guys done solo things no. touring? I've not touring. No, it's weird. It's pretty cool in a way. Like you know, the whole like pulling in on a train by yourself with a backpack yeah. thing right. is awesome. 
But, you know, you get to the show, you sound check, you don't know anybody. Um, like having your friends there to like play pool with or go to record stores yeah. or, you know, find restaurants. Like that's yeah. half of the reason you do it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, at this point, having traveled a lot, I know more people in the towns that I go to or I travel with. Like when I did the UK this year, I did it with um, Brian from Lightning Bolt's solo mm. project. So, Black Puss. Yeah. Yeah, just awesome. Um, and so that was really fun. Um, other solo tours I've done, I'll like, you know, it's easy to meet up with other bands. You can hop in their van. Right. Um, like that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, like you miss the camaraderie, obviously. And ha- it takes a certain, I just remember always seeing like, and I never really knew him, but Joe Preston from Thrones. And I would just be like, that's, that's, that's a solo gold man. gold standard. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Just because he's just got the look of just like, I've been by myself for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also he can roll in anywhere. And like, yeah. you know, people are like, whoa, Joe Preston, like, <laughs> yeah. tell me a story about that time you went to Tijuana with Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We had a friend uh, named Chad Metheny who records in the name Emperor X. And uh-huh. he's been doing it for years. He's from Jacksonville. And he's always just got essentially toured by him. And like just the most haphazard, like you hobo on a train kind of thing, but somehow making it work. And like, I guess it's easier to find like a last minute show, that kind of thing. But so, but it sounds like you've also cut down on the amount of touring. Well, yeah, true. Well, uh, me and my wife had a kid in February. Ah, I am a pretty, uh, I should say (laughs) both. Both. Congratulations. Um, so I didn't do much touring this year and, uh, I don't know. I haven't, Still trying to figure out the the touring thing for the solo stuff and like um, how much I'm going to be doing of it. Yeah, but uh, but it's fun. Yeah, it's totally and what's fun. so what's the uh, the forecast looking like for this year? I need to get another record out. I'm trying to work on that this winter, but also trying to figure out how to juggle that with yeah. the a kid. dad thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of. Uh, I've been, I think it's going to be a lot of very short tracks because all the work is done in like very short bursts. And are you still Um, recording everything like yourself? Yeah, yeah. It's all like, like, that's the only way I can can do it. You know, it's a very, it's a very parenting friendly setup, I guess. In that like, I just run in the other room, throw on the headphones and make a bunch of noise. But even with parts and labor, would you do that? Like, would you guys record your own records? No. Um, Mm -hmm. We would do chunks of different records, like Mm -hmm. um, some of the EPs. Like, there's two EPs that we did that were both recorded by us. One was, like, all electronics done at home uh, with me and BJ and Chris Weingarten. There's another one that was... um, We did 50-something songs in two days. Uh, We we wrote them and recorded them in 50 (laughs) in two days, and it was our our grind pop record. It's all, like, 10-second songs. Nice. um, so that we did at the Acropolis Oneida's space uh-huh, by yeah. ourselves, but most of the, most of the time we would go to studios. Okay, yeah. But so at least you're, you're keeping costs down on the actual making of the record yeah. of your own records, which yeah. is really nice. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm curious, so have you found that uh, you know having a child, mm-hmm. but still trying to pursue music, uh, does it make you feel like you're a little bit more focused in that it's like I can't be lazy, like. Uh, it's yeah. just something I've thought of. Like so the, the 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 talk has started to come up mm-hmm. in my household, and it's just I wonder, like in relation to music and comedy writing, like will I, you know, will it just not allow me to be as lazy when oh. I have the option? Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, you, you won't ever be lazy again. Right. Um, I'm only ten months in, so it's hard <laughs> to like, you know, so it's still right. at still at a stage, still where feeling it's it out. But sure. yeah, you you. I'm trying to figure out how to write to to make music uh, as concisely as I can. Right. Like, there's no like fucking around with ideas, you know. Right. Really, and and that sucks because you lose some of the like free, you know, exploration. Sure, but you have to be able to just go in and bang things, do the out, work, um, and do the work. And so that's that's the thing I'm trying to figure out how to Th- do. That now. that leads into a uh, a new question that we've been asking guests lately. Mm-hmm. What's the thing that you're the worst at that you want to get better at? Is this like a band? It could, it could be it could be music. It could anything. be it could be you know just something, something you want to improve on. Yeah, like we're in a new year. What do you want to improve on? I think food. That's the one that immediately comes to mind. Uh-huh. I'm really bad at food. I tend to not cook, and I tend to eat the same things every day. Ah. <laughs> uh, like bordering on it being kind of weird. Yeah. Right. Um, like I will go to the same restaurants and get the same yeah. thing. Right. So expand um, the palate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my younger brother, uh, spent about 20 years only eating grilled cheese sandwiches and <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, and 
almost literally nothing else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a weird thing there. I'm, yeah. I'm not as bad, but he broke it this year. He like just suddenly tried like probably 300 new foods wow. in the last six months uh, at the age of, how old is Rob? 34. Um, so that's guitarist well, of Panthers was like that. We lived together yeah. and he really just like, he would buy the 99 cent pack of uh, processed cheese. Yep. Wouldn't even make a grilled cheese. He would just toast it. Oh. Uh, and so would sit there eating it, sighing, and just be like, if I didn't have to eat, I'd be so happy. Are you like, familiar? he wanted all of his nutrients from those little peanut butter sandwich crackers. Yep. Like, that was his yep. ideal. Um, have you heard about uh, the picky eaters syndrome that was added to the DSM list of... Um, no. Uh, it was, so, do you, know, do you know about the DSM? Yeah. It's like, so there was something about... For the listener, and, and I mean myself, what is the DSM? <laughs> The it's the official list of, of mental of, illness, basically. Of, of, of mental diagnosis. Okay. Yeah, mental diagnosis. yeah, yeah. Um, but they added a thing for eating very few foods and specifically bland, like white or beige foods, right? <laughs> Approximately, right? Um, which is uh, a weirdly common thing. Yeah, I yeah. watch. I watch my nieces, and I constantly get angry at the rest of my family where they're like allow them to just have ronies with butter like and where it's just like i'm like they're gonna just end up eating yeah yeah Why, because only like my 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 brother-in-law he and, and he's admittedly like he just he has very just he's just like i don't like garlic i don't like onions i don't oh, like I this like it's yeah. just like he literally was just like his meal will just be like a piece of meat and like one thing and he's just like i know i probably should do I, better my mom just let me pick what i want to eat and yeah. i'm I the like. opposite i like i slave over like if lunch is my favorite meal i will slave over a sandwich i will i will i just i will um savor it and will, and going on yeah. tour i remember that meal that we had together in, pr- in, in that pro- weird check yeah castle. and like a yeah <laughs> but <laughs> going on tour like we were I, I i don't like to use the word foodie the f word if you will but um Trying new foods and like going on regional delights was something that I, I think never tired Prague, of. I went to Country Life, which was the <laughs> Seventh Day Adventist vegan restaurant <laughs> that we would go to in Boston, but they had one in Prague. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, uh, it's this weird religious vegan. But I, and I was like, why am I even after? I was like, what did I do that for? <laughs> There's so many probably other things I could have eaten. That is a uh, that's a perfect note to uh, to bring this full circle. Mm. Yeah. And Dan, a question that we ask all of our guests. What do you think of the word gig? gig. <laughs> Flummoxed look. <laughs> Perplexed thought. No, you're thinking about it. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I picture a, a free magazine with an advertisement for Guitar <laughs> Center on the cover. That's a that's a good answer. Have perfect. not heard that yet. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, on I that might picture note, the same thing as well, Dad. Look, I, this was it was great catching up again. Yeah, yeah very totally. excited uh, for for all the things you're doing. It's great to hear that you're you're starting a family. Congrats, the weather is, is crummy outside. It's the worst. So we just want you to get home safe. Thanks, man. Worst gig ever.